This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I want to go straight into the Word of God this morning, and uh, I would like us to go in into the scriptures. I'm going to read from the book of Mark chapter 11. I'll read a few scriptures, then we'll get into our main text. I'll read from Mark chapter 11, from verse 12. Here begins the reading of the word of God. Now the next day when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, to the fig tree, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Let's jump to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, or whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Amen. I also read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And then I'll quickly read through Mark chapter 5, verse 22 through to 24. Then one of the rulers of the synagogues of the synagogue came up. Jairus by name, and seeing him, he prostrated himself at his feet. I'm reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible. He begged him, he begged Christ earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. And Jesus went with him. In other words, Jesus agreed. He agreed to Jairus' request, and he went with him to his house. And a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides, so as almost to suffocate him. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, there came some from the ruler's house, from Jairus' house, who said, your daughter has died. Why bother and distress the teacher any further? But overhearing, overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Do not be struck, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Do not be afraid. Only keep on believing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the integrity and the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and powerful. And it's working in our lives today. Hallelujah. I also want to take this opportunity to welcome our online audience um, who are watching us. You may be listening and watching uh, right now from wherever you are around the world. I would like you to feel welcome and I would like you to listen carefully to the word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. So I've read Mark chapter 11 for context. I'll also shortly read First Kings chapter 18. 
which is really the central text of my message this morning. But in our word for the year, a celebration, Churches International, our founder, Pastor Tom, uh, said that our mouths must be in alignment with our assignments. Hallelujah. So the area of faith, I believe, is one area where we must ensure that our mouths are in alignment with our expectations. Throughout his ministry, Jesus taught and demonstrated faith. He taught and he actually demonstrated faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, faith, uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not possible at all for you to please God without faith. Our salvation is actually by grace through faith. We access the free gift of God uh, through Christ by faith. Hallelujah. So faith is so central to the believer. We need faith for us to be in relationship with God, and we need faith for us to receive from God, and we need faith every day. The Bible says where we read, faith, we, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. So uh, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, in Mark chapter 11, where we read, I'm convinced that that entire episode was actually a demonstration of faith. Jesus was great at demonstrating. He modeled so many of the things that he did. He modeled love. He modeled faith. He modeled boldness. And he ultimately, you know, modeled the love of the Father and sealed the covenant, the new covenant that God has between men and himself on the cross by giving up, laying down his life for us. Somebody say amen. He was not just talking about it, but he actually did it. Hallelujah. So I have a friend at college who claimed that when Jesus cursed the fig tree, that was an abuse of power. He, he, he said, Fungai, you know, how, how, could, how could he curse a tree, uh, a defenseless tree? But, but my friend clearly missed the point of the lesson here. Uh, Jesus reveals the purpose for which he enacted this lesson. Uh, when Peter marveled, the following day they're passing through that area, and Peter says, Rabbi, Master, see, the, the fig tree which you cast is withered from its roots. Jesus answered and revealed the purpose of that episode. He said, have faith in God. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. In other words, it was a demonstration that if you say anything, if you curse this tree, I curse this tree, and so it's dried from the roots because I meant what I said and I said what I meant. Hallelujah. And Jesus had done so by faith. He goes on to say in verse 23, for most assuredly I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, does not doubt in his heart. Hallelujah but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When we ask and we pray, do we believe that we will receive them? Brother Tawanda was almost about to steal my thunder when he was talking about faith here. But this is what the Bible says. You know, he said that that's what the Spirit is saying. Amen. Do we believe when we pray that we will receive what we are praying for? I want to talk about an important aspect of faith this morning. Again, in our word for the year, Pastor Tom says, this is a year in which we enter into a season of rest, of the land and resting from our labors with an expectation, with an expe sorry, with an expectancy uh, of what is to come. 
He goes on to say, it will take faith to enter into the rest of God. It will take faith to enter into the rest of the Lord. He goes on to say, uh, we must enter into rest and by faith watch what is spoken, what we speak made manifest before us. We must enter into the rest by faith. Hallelujah. So I'll use the passage of scripture from 1 Kings chapter 18 this morning. Uh, and for a few moments, I, I want us to just look at a critical aspect, a uh, very fundamental aspect of our faith from which I believe God would like us to draw some lessons. I'm persuaded more than ever before that we need to pray and we need to ramp up our faith in these last days in order for us to contend for our God-given inheritance. I believe we need to raise our faith levels in order for us to obtain the breakthroughs that God has set aside for us. Hallelujah. In order for us to tap into the supernatural, we need to walk by faith and we need to raise our faith levels. God wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 18 and verse 41 to 44. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up and ate and drank. And Elijah went up to the top of Camel. When, then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. We know this was a posture of prayer. And in verse 43 it says, and he said to his servant, Go up now and look towards the sea. So he went up and looked, and he said, there's nothing. The Bible says, and seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that the servant said to Elijah, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rains stop you. Hallelujah. You know, I'm excited about this passage of scripture. As I was reading it and as I was just sharing with, uh, you know, some believers, uh, God started speaking to me uh, in the book of James in the New Testament. James writes about this episode in James chapter 5 and uh, verse 17 to 18. Uh, James says, Elijah was a man of like passions as us. In other words, he was as human as you and me. Uh, and the Bible says he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain in the land or on the land for three years and six months. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. James tells us that by faith, Elijah prayed for rain that ended a drought that had been in the land for three and a half years. So when he says in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 42... Uh, Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees. We know that he was praying because James actually said Elijah prayed uh, and when he prayed, the drought ended and there was rain. So we know that as he is bowed down with his head between his knees, Elijah is praying. This is a very useful insight we get here from the book of James uh, that Elijah was actually praying but James leaves out some details there. Uh, James leaves out some crucial details which we find in chapter 18, which we just read. This is detail, this is detail regarding the process. In verse 43 of 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah, the Bible says, prayed, and then he said to his servant, go up and look towards the sea. So he is praying that there may be rain. And he says to his servant, go and check whether 
there are now rain clouds, whether, you know, the rain is coming. So his servant goes up and he looks and he comes back and he says there's nothing. But Elijah, who was walking by faith and not by sight, with his head bowed in reverence to God and with his face between his knees, he, he is believing, you know, uh, that God will do what he said he would do. God will answer his prayers. So he has got his head between his knees. I believe he's also warding off any distractions. And he continues to pray. The actual process is that the first time Elijah prayed, nothing happened. In the physical realm, nothing happened. But remember, in verse 41, Elijah had already warned the king and he had said to King Ahab that there was going to be uh, so much rain. He had said in verse 41, go up, eat and drink, for I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. So that's what Elijah has declared. That's what he believes and that's what he is praying for. So all the while with his head between his knees, Elijah must have been praying and seeing and hearing the sound of an abundance of rain. I imagine he didn't want to lift up his head and, and see the drought all around him. I, I, I believe he wants to focus on what he is believing God for, what he's praying for, and what he is expecting. There are so many of us that are praying for certain things. We are believing God for healing, for deliverance. We are believing God for the salvation of our loved ones. We are believing God for breakthroughs in our finances. We are believing God for whatever need it may be. I want to encourage you this morning to stay focused on what you are believing God for and not look around, you know, for things that will distract you, but remain expectant and focused on what you are believing God for. Focus on what you are expecting from God. So Elijah stays focused and he remains expectant. And he asks his servant and he says, go again. Go and look towards the sea. Because he is expecting rain in a time of drought. <laughs> his servant goes up, looks again. He comes back, he says, there is nothing. But Elijah says, go again. <laughs> he continues to pray. And guess what? His servant comes back the third time. Elijah says, go again. Comes back the fourth time, Elijah says, he says there's nothing, Elijah says go again. Hallelujah. Is there somebody in here who has been holding on to a promise from God? And you have been praying and holding out for an answer that does not seem to be coming through. I believe this is God's word for you this morning. Go again. <laughs> go again. Say to your neighbor, go again. Have you been praying earnestly for rain in your life and it appears that the drought that has been in your life hitherto seems to actually be persisting? Go again. Is there someone in here today, you have been expecting a miracle and you have been trusting God so desperately for something to happen, something to give in your marriage, in your family? I want to say to you, keep praying. Go again. Go again. Is there somebody in the house this morning you have been praying for your son, maybe your daughter, who has been sucked into drug abuse, substance abuse, and you have been crying out to God, and you have been saying, God, please help my son, help my daughter, cause them to clean up and deliver them from this mess. And yet so far, the message you've been getting is there is nothing. I want to encourage you this morning, go again. Hold on to the promise of God. Stay focused. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you to stay focused 
and to continue believing God for what you have been praying for. You know, the Bible says that, you know, what, what has been started in the spirit, God is able to complete by his grace. Go again. Seven times Elijah said to his servant, go again. Can you imagine if he had stopped the first or the second time or the third time? When we read in James chapter 5, verse 18, that Elijah prayed, you know, and there was, he ended the drought. He prayed when there had been a drought for three and a half years and it ended. We, we think he just prayed. He, he went in there and he prayed and it happened. But the Bible says that he had persistent, stubborn faith. He is praying for the rain. His servant comes back. There is nothing. His faith, he is persuaded. He is convinced. He believes that there is going to be rain. So he says to his servant, go again. Hallelujah. He refuses to accept what he's hearing, which is not by faith. And he says to his servant, go again. This clearly tells me that Elijah refused to accept what was hearing by the ear, by the natural ear, what his servant was telling him from the physical realm, which was not in line with what he believed, which was contrary to what he was expecting. And so he said to him, go again. He knew what he wanted, and that's not what his servant was telling him. So he rejected it. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Faith is not afraid to reject anything that is not based on the promises of God concerning you. Faith can and will say no. Hallelujah. Faith will refuse to accept what the critics, what the skeptics, what, you know, all the naysayers are saying, which is not aligned to what God has promised concerning you. Hallelujah. In the pursuit of our breakthrough saints, there are some reports that we must reject. That death sentence that the doctor has said concerning you in his report, I want to put it to you, my brother, my sister, it's not final. I know that the, the doctors, you know, are just doing their job and, and, and they're, 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 they're sincere and, and, you know, this is what they are seeing, you know, from science and so on. But by faith, you don't have to accept it. By faith, you can choose to believe that you will not die but live. Hallelujah. And declare the works of the Lord. Some may tell you that it's being in denial. Just like Elijah might have given up on the third or the fourth or the fifth time that his servant came back and said there's nothing. He could have given up. But no, it's not denial. It's faith. You see, what some of us have not understood from the word of God is that your faith will be contested. The enemy will fight your faith. He will fight your faith with distractions. He will fight your faith with lies. He will pump into your head things that will cause you to be afraid and to be fearful. But I want to encourage you this morning to hold on to the word of God and to focus on what God has said. Hallelujah. The truth of the matter is that between the moment that we commit to pray and believe God for our miracle and the point at which we receive what we prayed for, there is a process. And this process will test our faith. It will test your faith. And every believer has got to walk that walk of faith. That Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. It's a process, you know, that will take us to a place which Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says, we should imitate those who through faith and patience obtain the promises. Faith is patient and faith is persistent. Hallelujah. 
during that process, there's so much that happens around us. The moment you choose to believe and trust God for something, so many things will happen that will be contesting the word that you are believing. Hallelujah. There's so much noise, so much drama, so much negative talk that people and the environment start telling you that is contrary to what God has said concerning you. But you as a believer need to choose to believe what God has said concerning you and hold on to it and believe that it is so and it cannot be otherwise. Hallelujah. You need to shut out all the noise. You know, just like, you know, uh, the crowd from Jairus' house uh, in the book of Mark, which we just read, Jesus had to shut out the noise, literally shut out the, the negative report from Jairus' house in order to protect Jairus' faith. Let's quickly go there again. In Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Hallelujah. It says, it's talking about the people from Jairus' house who came. Uh, at the point, Jairus, Jairus is believing uh, for the healing of his daughter. His daughter, little girl, is critically ill at death's door. He's believing God and Jesus is coming to heal her. He's excited. His faith is pumped up. And as they are walking towards his house, noise begins, you know. Distractions come. These people come from his house and, and they say, uh, why, why trouble the teacher anymore? Your daughter has died. Well, whoever said that uh, taking our cares and our burdens to Jesus is, is a bother to him in the first place, it's a lie of the devil. Whenever you begin to feel like you are being a burden to God who created you and to Christ, the burden bearer, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, and I will give you rest. Jesus will never, will never feel bothered by you coming to him. Hallelujah. He, you, are not, you, are not, you are not a bother to him. You are not a burden to him. He is the burden bearer. So Jesus literally says to Jairus, ignore these people, but keep on believing. Hallelujah. It says in Mark chapter 5 verse 36 in the Amplified Version, overhearing but ignoring what they said. <laughs> Overhearing, but ignoring what they were saying. Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, to Jairus, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Do not be afraid. Only keep on believing. Only keep on believing. So they are walking from where Jesus was. They are going to his house. And in that walk, in that trip, in that journey, between when you prayed and you asked Jesus to intervene, when you prayed and you asked God to undertake for you, and your miracle at Jairus' house, there will be noise. There will be so many distractions. There will be some people who will come and say you are wasting your time. There will be people that will come and say that you are too old for this or that to happen to you. There will be people that will say your background is such that you will not prosper. You cannot achieve this or that because of whatever. And Jesus, overhearing that, say to Jairus, ignore them. Hallelujah. Ignore them. Don't be afraid. Don't listen to them. Only keep on believing. Hallelujah. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting God. Keep on believing. Stay focused and keep on believing. Listen, saints, in our journey of faith, there is stuff that Jesus wants us to ignore. There are reports that we should shut out of our heads and our spirits and protect our faith in order that we receive our miracle. Hallelujah. If Jesus said ignore them, you must ignore them. I think there's so many things that we entertain that do not help our faith. And as believers, we need to come to a point 
where we focus our faith on what we need and where we understand that we either choose what we want to believe and what we want to receive from God or we allow all these distractions, all these things to, to, to actually distract our faith. And I know this may sound crazy, but faith will challenge what we see and feel. And faith deals and transacts in the supernatural. I don't know how I'm doing on time. Praise the Lord. If you don't have faith, don't criticize or discourage those that don't have it. Those that dare to trust and to put their faith in God, don't criticize them. That's why Jesus never criticized anyone for having faith. No, he never criticized anyone for having too much faith. Rather, he commended them and he rewarded them. You know, the, the, the centurion, the Canaanite woman, uh, the woman who had an issue of blood, you know, he, 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 would, he would say, be it unto you according to your faith. And faith is a very personal thing. Jesus would not say, let it be to you according to your mother's faith or your friend's faith or your WhatsApp group's faith. No, he would say, be it unto you according to your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you going to raise your faith today and believe God and trust God to fulfill his word concerning you in whatever area of need you have this morning? That's the question. But you can never have too much faith. Rather, Jesus would actually, um, I've read all the Gospels many times over, the four Gospels. I never came across a place where Jesus re rebuked someone for having too much faith. Rather, he would be mad at people because of their unbelief. Went to his home area, Nazareth, and the Bible says he, did not, he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. He would rebuke his, 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 his disciples on the sea. You know, when the thunder, the, the, the rain, the, the, the storm hit uh, the boat where Jesus was with his disciples and, and they started to be in panic and wake him up. Don't you care that we are perishing? And Jesus is on the boat uh, and, 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 and they are afraid that they will perish. And Jesus, the Bible says, before he rebuked the wind and the storm, he rebuked them. Uh, after he rebuked the wind and the storm, he rebuked them for their unbelief. That's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 4. And so people, Jesus would rebuke people for their unbelief, not because of their faith. And so in the days we are living these days, because of science, advances in technology, because, you know, we are so comfortable, we, we, we can get things instantly and so on, we begin to diminish the importance of faith. And yet for a believer, faith is so critical. For us to access and tap into the supernatural, we need faith. I told you for our salvation in the first place, we need, we need faith. And so for the miracles, for the healings, for the turnaround, for the breakthroughs, we need faith. You need to be far away from people that, that, that you know, criticize faith and, and that begin to say, no, you see, you, you are becoming unreasonable and all that. The Bible says, hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody's getting it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Bible says the children of Israel, actually, after being delivered from Egypt, you know, through signs and mighty wonders, you know, through, you know, all those plagues and, you know, crossing the Red Sea on dry ground in, in Exodus chapter 12, 13, 14, you know, you, 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 we, we read the story there. But the Bible says after 40 years, that generation failed to enter into the promised land because of their unbelief. 
That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 19. They failed to enter in because of their unbelief. So unbelief is actually not something safe, it's something dangerous. Just because you have been delivered does not guarantee that you will actually enter into your place of promise. Somebody say amen. We need faith and we need persistent faith. And as I close this morning, I want us to see how it ended with Elijah and how it will end with us if we persist and we are unyielding in our faith. In verse 44 of 1 Kings Kings chapter 18, the Bible says, and then it came to pass the seventh time, (laughs) the seventh time that the servant said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand that is rising out of the sea. So Elijah said to his servant, go now and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. I want you to take note of something there. He, the servant, they say there's a cloud like this, you know, the size of a man's hand, tiny cloud. Elijah has been praying. He has been trusting, believing God. And so he hears there's a cloud the size of a man's hand and he doesn't wait. He immediately says to his servant, run, go to Ahab the king and tell him to prepare his chariot. Otherwise, the rain is going to stop him. <laughs> See, that, that's, that's how expectant faith operates. You know, at the smallest sign of victory, expectant faith begins to celebrate. Because, hallelujah, because faith is not dependent on what's happening in the environment. It's dependent on what God said. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 that Abraham believed God and God immediately declared that he was a righteous man. The Bible says God did not wait for everything else that happened for then Abraham to have a son and so on and so forth. No, God, when Abraham believed God, at that point, the Bible says God credited it for righteousness. He credited it for righteousness the moment that he believed Somebody say amen. So what I've observed with men of faith, including our onset men in this house, Pastor Tom, you see, you, you, you don't hear them talking about negative things. Think of all the successful men and women that you know. Even in the secular world, they don't dwell on the negative. If they know or believe something, in particular believers, they focus on what they believe. I don't have time to give so many examples. That's why I dwelt on the example of Elijah because I thought God would tell us, teach us a few important lessons from it. But the Bible is full of examples of men that acted in obedience to the word of God. They acted before they saw the manifestation, they acted. Hallelujah. And that, that is what God is calling on us to do. And beyond that, he's calling on us to act in accordance to what we believe, not what is happening in in, in the background. You know, they call it lateral vision, not what is happening on the sides, not what the crowd is saying, not what the people from Jairus' house are saying. And remember, the people from Jairus' house, they are people who are very familiar with Jairus. They are part of his family. They are trusted people. And beware. I'm not saying turn on your family. No, 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 no. But I'm saying that just, just beware. Because that very loving aunt, their advice may not be in line with the word of God. That uncle who is saying, Ish, it's been so hard for you in Buenda Mshivanu. You know, try other things. You know, go to these uh, 
you know, other sex and uh, hear what, 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 what will become of your fate. The Bible says we should not go after familiar spirits. We should not heed counsel from mediums. We shall worship the Lord our God and him only. Hallelujah. So if up to now you have trusted and believed in God, stay focused and trust in God. Hallelujah. God will not put you to shame. Somebody say amen. God will not put you to shame. And if you are listening right now online, I want you to hear this and hear it and believe it. If you have been believing God for something, hold on by faith. God will not put you to shame. God will not forsake you. That's not the nature of God. God is faithful. Hallelujah. God is faithful and he will not put you to shame. So Elijah, the moment at the smallest sign of victory, he begins to celebrate. Because his celebration is not really based on the, the cloud, the size of a man's hand. It's based on what he knew in his spirit. He knew that God was going to come through. So he begins to act by faith and to warn the king to take cover because there's going to be such an abundance of rain. Hallelujah. Elijah's persistent faith was so strong that, you know, he, he refused to listen to anything else and he jumped to celebrate at the smallest sign of victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I, I want us to notice that it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to, to keep our faith focused on the word of God, on the promise. It's up to us. In other words, when I say it's our responsibility, I mean it's up to us. It's not up to anyone else to shut out anything that might work against our faith. It's our responsibility. I was telling some young people recently that, you know, some of you may need to protect your faith by getting out of certain groups and certain, certain, certain platforms that you are in that are not helping your faith. I mean, you come to church, Brother Tawanda was saying it here. You come to church, you hear the word of God, you believe it, and you believe God is going to come through for you. Then after that, you get into a crowd, into a group that are talking complete nonsense. You know, what they are saying does not help you. What they are saying does not glorify God. So what are you doing there? Why are you in the group in the first place? Oh, no, because, you know, you, for identity, you know, these are my friends, these are my peers. I, I want to put it to you that, you know, your greatest peer, your greatest friend, your best friend is Jesus. Hallelujah. And your best friends are like-minded, people of like faith, people that will encourage you. Take responsibility for choosing the people that will encourage you. Take responsibility. You know, I, I was telling them that sometimes it may require for you to change location in order for you to receive what God has promised for you. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that Elijah went to Mount Carmel. There's a context in the history of things that had happened. There had been a great victory on Mount Carmel over the false prophets of Baal because Israel was into idolatry and all that. But he actually went to a secluded place and he started to pray there. And sometimes it's important for us to physically separate us, ourselves from some distractions in order that we hear from God. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, which we read, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When you pray, believe that you receive them. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Hallelujah. 
So until our faith in God is stronger than what we see and hear around us, it will be very difficult for us to receive from God. But we need to feed our faith. And my encouragement to you is that, you know, help your faith by refusing to accept things that are contrary to what you believe from the word of God and begin to act in accordance to his word. We walk by faith and not by sight. And I told you, faith can be crazy, you know, but it's not foolish. I'm not calling on people to stop taking their medication or, or, or to, to, to try and walk on water, especially if you can't swim. No, um, I'm talking about a faith that is built and founded on the sure word of God. A faith that is prom- based on, on the promises of the covenant-keeping God. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So I believe there's a grace this morning in this place and uh, for, for God to answer prayers. I believe that there's a grace in this place for God to uh, revive faith. If your faith was sagging, you were beginning to doubt some of God's promises concerning you. I believe God wants to meet you at your point of need. And I believe there are people today that have been believing and praying uh, for certain things for quite a while. You've been in prayer for quite a while. I want to encourage you to go again. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you this morning to go again. That rebellious child will come back home. Go again. That disease will get into remission. As a matter of fact, it will disappear. But go again. We spoke about Jairus' situation and the drama, you know, that he had to be protected from. God will heal that daughter. God will raise that situation which appears dead, which people are saying it's too late. As long as God is involved and as long as you keep your faith, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only keep on believing. I believe God can resurrect those dead situations by faith. Hallelujah. That business for which you have been praying for a turnaround, go again. That opportunity, that open door, I want to say to you, go again. Hallelujah. I want us to get into time of ministry, uh, but I want to release our online audiences this morning. Uh, if you need ministry, you've heard this word. It has ignited something in your heart. I want to encourage you. There's a number right in front of your screen right now, be it on our Facebook page, whatever platform that you are listening from. I want you to pick up your phone and I want you to call our counselors. Somebody's on the other, other end of the line. They want to pray for you. They want to, to, to help you. They want to walk this journey with you. They want to encourage you. God bless you. Hallelujah. But in this auditorium this morning, I want us to stand on our feet this morning. Hallelujah. And I would like for us to change our confession. There's some of us that need to change our confession. Some of us were beginning to doubt God. But I want us to change our confession. We saw the process that Elijah went through. That the first time he prayed, it's not like God didn't hear him. Things just didn't change. But he was moving by faith. And his faith was stronger and based not on what he was seeing, but on what he believed in. On the word of God. He had a promise from God. He was a man that moved strongly, mightily in prayer and in faith at that time in Israel. And I want to encourage you this morning to pick up your faith again. And I want us to say, Lord, I commit to pray through this situation. I'm believing you for that turnaround. I'm going again. Just because I prayed the first time and nothing happened 
does not mean that you didn't hear me. I'm going again. Just because I prayed and I've been praying for my health situation and things didn't seem to be improving, I am going again. I believe in your word. I believe, Lord God, that you are faithful, you are powerful, and you are able to heal me. You are able to restore me. You are able to turn my rebellious child back again and for him to know you again and to live that dirty and rebellious life and come back to you. Let's pray right now, saints. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray and let's reconnect with God. Let's begin to say, Lord, I'm going again. I pick it up from where I dropped it. I pick up my faith again. And Lord, I choose and commit to believing in you. I choose and, uh, and I, I, I commit to uh, ensuring that my confession is aligned to my behavior and that my expectations are in line with the word of God. Yes, I shut out all the negative talk. I shut out all the negative things that have been distracting me. And I choose to come back to your word. I acknowledge, Lord, that I had started to be afraid. I was walking by sight and not by faith. But right now, I commit to walk by faith. I commit to believing you. In my situation, I commit to believing in you. Whatever it is, saints, God is able. And God will and come through. Jesus would say, let it be to you according to your faith. He's waiting for people that will dare to believe in him right now. That will dare to go back again. And that will wait and wait expectantly until their miracle happens. That will say, go again until they see the answer to their prayers. Father, we thank you. We bless you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you and we honor you, Lord, because of your word. We thank you, Lord, that all things are possible to him that believes. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you said, most assuredly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but they believe that those things which they say will be done, they will receive whatever they say. Father God, I pray that you bring to pass that word in our lives right now, in the name of Jesus, in our families, in our marriages, among our children, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our finances, in the name of Jesus. Father, come through and help your people. I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage our faith and you'll bring us back to a place, Lord, where we believe you as we pray and we do not doubt in our hearts. We bless you and we honor you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.